and welcome to French Funeral Football Weekly. Uh, my name is Chris, I am your host and uh, of course I jest slightly but for those amongst you who enjoy a good positive podcast this might not be the one for you because our teams are in peril and uh, that's what we're going to discuss mostly this week but before we get on to that I need some company um, so you may have heard the chuckle there first of all uh, welcome back Phil um, on the mend Phil nice holiday and you came back with a a lovely virus but how are you doing yes went back for inverted commas christmas i developed a massive cold well in the cold how do you deal with how cold it is um well Jesus let me Jesus christ i let, mean let uh, me introduce uh, let me introduce jazz and ask him i suppose <laughs> Jess, how do we deal with the cold? It's not too bad in London, is it? And well, I don't know. It can get bad, I suppose. Um, I'm trying to think when you were here. At the moment, it's quite mild, but a couple, yeah, a couple of weeks well, ago, it was a bit chilly. I yeah. I was there when um, Storm Isha was oh, on, yes. yeah, but yeah. I was in Suffolk with my parents, who the only bit of the country that wasn't, you know frozen to pieces and and falling over but it was still bloody cold yeah we, we can't get, i can't be dealing we get we get the good and the bad down here in the southwest because we get the benefit of the coastal air and um, which is lovely in the summer um, and you do get warm breezes but then you also get the freezing cold when it's really cold so there you go 11 degrees today um so i was able to get up a sweat on my run that's all i care about happy days uh right enough about the weather we can put this off no longer we'll have to rip the bandage um so league out at the weekend um unfortunately jez i'm gonna have to start with you on this one because we talked about it on last week's pod and we said that there was a a game between our two respective clubs that were was, was not going to be decisive, but was going to go a long way towards potential momentum. Um, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the result or do you want to start with the the things that went on in the stands post-result and, well, during the game, really? Which which end do you want to start? Uh, I'm only really interested in talking about the, the match itself, I think. Yeah, I think you're probably right. We'll give mention to what went on. But um, the game finished uh, Mets 1, Lorient 2. Um Maybe I'll come in on the Lorient bit in a minute, but as for formats, it was a it's a strange game, wasn't it? This because it it did ebb and flow. I mean, Lorient, of course, did did that thing they do where they score and then concede almost straight away. Um, but the the I thought both goals really Bamba's goal two and two for him and Katsaris, another new one, new a debutant I should say in a starting lineup anyway, got the winner both from some slightly questionable defending. Is that going to be the concern that you have moving forwards with Mets now? Because I think we touched on it last week about the the, the goal-scoring element. Mikkel Tazzi's back, but hasn't quite found his feet yet, which is understandable. But it just felt the defending was was what really let you down in this particular game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as you said, both goals, or neither goal was, was good from a defensive point of view. Even just the finishes, I mean, both from sort of tight angles, um, maybe says something as well. But I still feel like the def- defence is probably the stronger part of the team at the moment, which probably says more about the attack than it does about the quality of the defence. Um, and you know, even taking into account players sort of just coming back from African Cup of Nations, um, you know, a couple of important players as well. Um, also, Shallow, who got injured during the Cup of Nations and really is our only sort of proper creative outlet. I think it's just a lot of sort of chickens coming home to roost for the for the club and they're just they're absolutely horrific transfer policy. And although our goal came from Mikatatsi setting up Lankelze, I think that that probably the fact that both your goals came from two of your several newcomers where we've yeah. barely got any together um i think probably says a lot about the difference and why you can sort of maybe aspire to safety and and i'm struggling to see how we can do we just uh you know the last week or two of the transfer window we were linked with anyone you know obviously at our level anyone going and mm. 
in the end no one came um we 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 got rid of three of the strikers that we brought in in the summer um you know for one to kind of flop or whatever is is unfortunate for three i think says a lot about your sort of policy your scouting whatever who you're bringing in mm. um you know flop for different reasons but flop they did um okay Mikadowski came in which is great and sort of that one maybe is a is a bit of a sort of unexpected bonus but as you said he hasn't played for six months he got an assist at the weekend but it's going to take him a little bit of while a while to get back to full fitness the scorer is someone that we had on loan a couple of years ago but weren't able to to sign then and and you know it's again it just seems there's not mm. It's yeah. maybe an easy win, but just reverting back to to players that you know from a couple of years ago who are hardly sort of playing at sort of league and level in between anyway um, is a bit of a a bit of a worry. Um, we were desperate for a number ten and weren't able in the end to bring anyone in. Mm. Um, so yeah, it just it's all sort of pretty pretty depressing as a mess fan because it just looks like this was. I mean, you know, there's there's jokes every year about us being a yo-yo club and, and you know, there's a particular gif going around of, of Louis de Funès, anyone who knows him, and um, a little joke about him sort of, I think he's one of the films where he plays some kind of army general, he goes up to his boss and says, um, we're back. And he said, and his boss goes, but where were you? And he said, <laughs> well, we were away and now we're back. And people all the time are sending that saying this is basically mess when they return to League Do in August sort of thing. And yeah. yeah, it's all very funny. But and I understand that a team like Mess with their financial restraints need to kind of, you know, shouldn't just be assuming they're staying up every year. But it feels like they're so obsessed with um making sure they're ready if they go back to League Do that they don't give them a ch- themselves a chance to stay up. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's all a bit of a mess. Yeah, and, and uh, I did sort of make reference to it, but let me just um, sort of bring you up to speed on, or listeners up to speed on what happened. So there was violent scenes following the game. Uh, there was mass supporters that were confront- confronted security, um, both in and outside the stadium um, and the sort of basically frustration spilled over essentially and um, apparently these supporters were were armed with iron bars and had pyrotechnics and the fans were heard to be chanting the club is ours not yours um, thoughts on that I mean is it is is that a concern I mean, obviously it's a concern to you but is that kind of some does that sum up the toxic nature off the field as well as what's what is occurring on it so to speak I don't know who the yours is. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know. I thought that was I'm a strange not, one. Yeah, I'm not saying I don't want to be in Strasbourg's position in the league, but um, I do feel like at least we're not just totally at the whim of another club sort of thing, mm. or the owner of another club. Um, I'd rather <laughs> it was sort of our people making terrible decisions. Um, <laughs> so to that extent, I think I'd rather it was as it is now than, you know, you take the rough with the smooth. We're not a big club. We don't have huge investors or anything like that. So um, we're all, like I said, we're always going to be struggling, but you can be a struggling club that works intelligently and has better sort of forward planning and, and gives itself a fighting chance. And that's not what we're doing at the moment. No. No, absolutely not. Um, just very quickly from a Lorient perspective before we move on to, to Phil's woes. Um, I mean, obviously I was pleased. Obviously, uh, you know, it was, it was a big result for Lorient. I think it was one of those games that whoever won just had that little bit of momentum and the fixtures upcoming for Lorient certainly give them an opportunity to pull themselves clear of uh, at least into the sort of the bottom four or five rather than the bottom of the table where they were previously. And as you made reference to there, Jez, a couple of the signings, with goals, Katsaris, a Greek player who was playing in Italy, getting the winner and the opening goal from Bamba. He he looks like a, he looks like a, one of those strikers that nobody really ever heard of. He's kind of come out of nowhere and might just be really important. He was playing his playing his trade in Austria. Uh, Mohamed Bamba, this is twenty two year old striker. He's come in two goals in two games. Um, his movement was pretty good and and overall, uh, it was a, a 
pretty decent performance from from Le Molo. So hopefully, hopefully better things to come. But uh, not going to count my chickens just yet. Um, Phil, let's let's come on to your chickens and see how mm-hmm. they're doing. Because oh. uh, Montpellier are, uh, are right in this, aren't they? Jez and I made reference to this last week and said that you know, there was a few clubs, Nantes, who will come on to are also in that mix, who are... Uh, just kind of need a win, need to, to stop the bleeding. And Montpellier yes. didn't do that this weekend, did they? No. Uh, so it was Rennes 2, Montpellier 1. And Rennes scored in three minutes. And Martin Terrier uh, getting goal there. And that, as soon as that happened, you like, Shit! As a Montpellier fan, you're you're watching this and going, "Yeah, seen this before." Um, so Calamondo got a penalty shortly after halftime. Uh, Teji Savanier put in a great goal later on, but it never really looked like Montpellier were going to get nothing out of that, particularly after Ren went ahead early, it is getting kind of fractious over here. Um, does Garin's attitude has always been a bit attitude, uh, but if you look back to, like, last week with the Lille game, where the second half, Lille would add to 10 men, it was nil-nil. But does Akoni made a change like with less than 10 minutes to go to move from the solid five at the back to four and push people forward. And he was asked by a journalist after that game, wouldn't it have been a good idea to make a change earlier? And his response was, well, you do it. And that's, yeah, kind of problematic. And there's also coming up, we've got the Coupe de France uh, midweek. And there are a lot of people who are quite cross with that. Uh, Season ticket holders will have to pay for this game against Nice, um, which normally they wouldn't have to so it's like we haven't won at home since October, so you know, be realistic. And I think it's showing again that if you aren't one of the moneyed clubs, you do have to make these kind of decisions because. They've got a couple of defenders, particularly off at AFCON. Um, Altamari is off at the Asia Cup. And we've just sold Maxime Nevstev to Burnley, I yeah. think, which I'm not sure is a good move football-wise for either team, but whatever. It just shows you that this is again, going to be a problematic season. So not great. And while I wouldn't imagine Dezak will lose his job because nobody else will come, um, I would think that he won't be the manager when we start next season. No. No, I, I think you can pretty much bet on that. Is it all about from from your thought process as as a fan? Is it is it all about just staying up now? Like, is there it? Yeah. Is this a genuine renovation? It has fight? to be. Yeah. Um, they started the season well, mm. and uh, particularly having obviously sold Eliwahi in the summer. They got in Acre Adams. They got in Altamari. And everyone's like, was this going to work? And it did. The first couple of games, they were really, really good. And things have petered off a bit. 
I say a bit, quite badly. Yeah. So, yes, I think it's get yourself up away from that bottom section of the table. But the form right now does not look good. And this is, yeah, the cup game against Nice. I don't think we're going to get anything out of that. So it's, it it's is a, a sad moment, I think. It's almost an unwanted distraction now, isn't it? Yeah. As you said about Acre Adams and, and the like, like I remember him and um, Tamari coming and absolutely taking Lorient apart at, at the Moustoir earlier on in the season. And yeah, it just yeah, it hasn't worked out since, um, which is a shame. You, you did mention Estev's transfer there. We will, uh, well, I say we. I will do my best to plough through some of the transfers at the end of the pod because uh, the window obviously is closed. And there were a few movements, but we'll come back to that. Um, Jez, I wanted to pick on Claremont now. Poor old Claremont, unfortunately. But um, if ever a performance suggested a club was sort of heading for the trap door, this was it, I thought, in terms of the weekend. They lost 4-0 to Lille have to say Leo were pretty good Jonathan David getting a couple and for me star of the show Edinger Grover who I, every time I see him I just think there's a real player in there I think he's destined for quite big things if he gets consistency sorted out but praise for Leal aside um, that was not good from Clement was it some of their defending and just the whole setup that to me they, they looked like a beaten side before they even kicked off yeah it's not looking good I think um as you said, I mean, there was some quality there going forward. Certainly, Shagrova's goal was, was was lovely and kind of exactly what you sort of expect from him, sort of cutting in and unleashing from, I think it was outside the area. But, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's fair to kind of point to Jonathan David's second goal and, and sort of say that that sums Claremont up because probably their keeper, Dior, has probably been there you know, arguably their the, the player of the season and, and kept them, yeah. or basically won them points that they, they haven't deserved at other times. So, you know, I felt really sorry for him that he was sort of shown up for that goal. Um, yeah. But, you know, you shouldn't, if you're, if you're relying on your keeper to put you out of the fire every week, then then you're you're going to be struggling. And, and I think, as we said last week, or maybe in the famously unreleased pod i can't remember um, <laughs> that never was yeah yeah I, I i'm not saying that anything that claremont do or don't achieve is a bonus but they were not you know it was a surprise when they went up i don't think they were expected to stay up let alone have as good a season as they did last year so they were always going to be i think it was always fair to expect that they were going to be struggling this year um it's just that at the moment it feels like they're sort of heading down with a whimper where just feel like a lot of that that spirit that they had last year is is being a little bit sort of not kicked out of them but um defeated out of them if you know what i mean mm. um but you know they shouldn't be judged based on performances at Lille because Lille are a good team especially sort of when they got their tails up and and you know they've got a lead yeah yeah i have to say yeah, Lille, Lille really did impress me in this particular game and, and it it, they, they, I think we spoke about them a little while ago, but they're definitely a, a club that has sort of, tra- I wouldn't say transformed, but there were some doubts over Fonseca at the start of the season. He seems to have got his eye in now. They're doing well in Europe. They're up to fourth on the table. They're on a, a good run of results. And I think it was just, a, as you said, Dior won't have another day like that. But Clermont have replaced Lorient at the bottom now with the, uh, the team above winning. So it doesn't look great for them. Another club that it doesn't look great for is is Nantes, Phil, and they lost. Uh, it was a it's a weird game this one. Um, yeah, they lost. They lost to Lens. I watched it on Saturday night. The winning goal, by the way, was a thing of beauty. A really delicious, incisive pass from centre back Medina uh, for De Costa, who who whipped in. I think Alban Lafont might look back on this and think he could have done a bit better, but it's a good mm, finish nevertheless. It was such a great first touch. It was, well. yeah, it was. Maybe I, maybe I am being a bit harsh. I just, it just seemed to go. I don't know. It's like he moved. It's like he died before it. But yeah, the the winning goal was was a was a, was a cracker. 
but it was just a game that never quite like not just had they huffed and they puffed um that there was no end product there phil from them in this particular game and Govanek was supposed to come in and sort of secure i don't really know i mean they wanted to go in a different direction clearly they thought they were slipping under the uh, the uh, younger coach previous it just it just isn't really working for them is it they look like a team that can't score goals yeah, and I think as well as that, I think if you went into this game, you would have thought Lance are going to win because of the um, kind of uh, difference between them in the table. And what's interesting is, as as you said about Maury Dura for Clermont, sometimes these sense bad teams your goalkeeper is what saves you and Lafont is good with Montpellier they they can't score either um so you're looking very much at thank the Lord that Benji Lecomte is there because otherwise they would be in real trouble. So I think if you look at not the form is almost at nearly as bad as Mets. Sorry, Jez, but I mean, one point in the last five games is bad. Sometimes, and yeah. When you saw, but when you see the stadium, that is such a great stadium and so, the fans are clearly still behind them. Mm. But this just was not their day, as it were. Um, so, yeah, it's not trundling down the table and in a a way that you can't really work out how they're going to get out of it. Sleepwalking, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Which is very problematic. Mm. Uh, whereas other teams, who I imagine will come on to later, um, are actually managing to put things together and look like they've got some oomph to them. Not don't have much. Um, no, it's it's kind of like it's kind of it's kind of Mustafa Mohammed or nothing in terms of, of not. And like you said, like the Le Bourgeois is one of those stadiums that you know the, the fans were behind them on Saturday night, and yeah, it looked like a game that that promised a lot, and then it just it, it just sort of petered away. Mm. And the the one thing I would say they brought in Tino Cadawera, who didn't have a brilliant time at Lyon, had a decent spell on loan at Mallorca, knows French football. He had a really tidy finish that was ruled out for offside. I have to say it was really tight, um, but it was ruled out. If they can get him scoring, that will help, obviously. But yeah, it's it's a big ask. And uh, Nantes are definitely another one of those clubs that are looking over their shoulders with increasing in, increasing um, levels each week as, as they go past. So not good for them. Um, just Phil made reference to other clubs we might mention now um, and uh, Leon entered the room at this particular point in time um, we'll touch on Marseille in a bit as well because there were some stories about things after the game that came out about them but from a Leon perspective uh, Captain Alex Lacazette coming up with the winner I'm not going to lie, this game didn't quite give me what I was hoping it would, would last night, it wasn't the most uh, thrilling of of uh, of games, despite there was nearly a goal from kickoff. Um, I mean, I read nearly scoring directly from kickoff within three seconds, and um, yeah, very unfortunate to see that one come back off the post. Uh, and Ainsley make the Nas of all people proving the hero clearing off the line late on from a Bamiang in a rather Arsenal themed connection there. But Leon got the points. Alex Lacazette tweeted, um, oh, tweet, sorry, Instagram post earlier on. He posted a picture of himself scoring the goal and the, the tag was rather than the Groupama Stadium, he, he tagged it as my back garden, which made me chuckle. Um, are they are they on the roll now, Just in terms of Leon? We, we do keep asking this question and then they keep sort of dropping points again. But 
this sort of result suggests that with the new signings in January, they're on the right path now, aren't they? They're on the right path to to escape relegation. I still don't think it's a particularly talented squad of of players, and I think there still needs to be a lot of change in the summer if they want to sort of you know, genuinely aspire to getting back in European places. But I think that they were always going to kind of bring in the players necessary with the sufficient quality to finish ahead of the likes of, of Mess and Lorient and Clermont. Powerhouses. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, you know, Lacazette, I don't know what was going on at the start of the season. He's got his head together, 10 goals. Um, I think it's 10, 10 or 11. Um, but, you know, that's always going to be crucial. Nuama had a good game yesterday. Um, Matic, um Know, he's gonna bring a lot of experience and 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 nous and just sort of the the basic football skills that again not necessarily all those teams at the bottom have um I think the fact that he was there yesterday sort of um gave Kakare a little bit of a new lease of life as well so um yeah I think it was always going to be uh I think that they would have had to do something seriously, seriously bad in January to um, to not get out of the hole they were in. But, you know, OK, they beat Marseille in, in what's usually an acrimonious derby. But as we said, it, it was it was at home. It was the narrowest of margins with that bit of luck right at the start against a, a very average Marseille team who aren't in the best form either. So, you know, I'm not going to get too excited about yesterday's result. They're doing yeah. what they need to do. Yeah, yeah, just just yeah. doing enough. Really, really good finish from like I said, though, I have to say, not sort of falling over in the wrong direction, just stuck out a foot and, and turned it in. Um, really good finish after almost mucking up. So. Yeah, he, he, he did. <laughs> kind of sums it up as well. Um, I'm gonna say it's after like I said. Yeah, go on. Phil. Obviously, I I was watching the French coverage, and before the game, they were going with. Lopez v Lopez because obviously oh, yeah. the goalkeepers yeah. a bit Kramer versus Kramer if uh, you remember that from the 80s but I thought Anthony Lopez put in a much better performance both of them both goalkeepers um, wandered out of their area and, and put their teams in, in serious shit. Uh, but there was one uh, save from Anthony Lopez, particularly for OL, which was awesome. And I think, again, he was a very important player in them getting getting that together. And what you saw post-match was Lacazette um, hugging Tolisso, just the two of them together, like proper bros or whatever you want to say. It was, it was really kind of interesting to see the level of commitment that they had. But... A lot of the talk was about how Lyon have navigated the transfer market. They're big buyers, effectively. Yeah. And you saw, I think it was, is it Malik Fafana? Yeah, Fafana coming from Belgium, yeah. 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 Uh, he, gift Orban as well. He yeah. looked promising, but he did have a thing where he tore up the wing and kind of left the ball behind him and then had to recover and put it in. And you, you think, is that what we really need now, Leon? Because they did look shaky. But as you mentioned, getting Matic in, he's, you know, a, a solid head, as Steady it were. So now they're out of the relegation zone, which a couple of weeks back, well, before Christmas, you'd be going, really? They mm -hmm. so look in trouble. But as uh, 
the uh, the pundits were saying, never thought they'd go down. I mean, the idea of Leon going down is kind of that's nuts, isn't believable. it? Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. But I, but I think we all, I think we've all been saying for weeks, oh no, they'll be all right. They'll they'll get better, and they'll it just be wasn't. Not, but now, just wasn't happening, was it? <laughs> I think, and um, we said when they. Uh, have won before against Nantes, against Monaco. Is this something that you can kind of hang your hat on? You need to keep it going. Yeah. Um, winning the Olympico is, I think, despite it being home, despite Marseille being a bit shit at is something that is a marker. That is that is important. Yeah, that they're doing this. So Leon are not far off uh, mid table. Yeah, we're away to Montpellier next week. Yeah, thank you, Fernandez. It's going to be five one, one way or the other, and I think yeah, it's a massive. You said Leon, Leon, not far off mid table. That's the thing. Sort of one, two, three, four. There's five points separating the bottom seven, which is kind of uh, you know something positive for Metz-Lorient and Clermont to cling on to, and and not so much to lose Montpellier, not. But we we shall cling, Jess. We shall cling. (laughs) Well, yeah, we've got no choice, but um. It also means that you know those that one little mistake, or you know, in Messi's case, those four one nil, you know, and two one, you know, narrow narrowest of defeats, five five of them in a row, um, can be absolutely fatal. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, just while we're on that subject, Leon were one of the, the busiest clubs in this transfer window. Um, they sold Skelly Alvaro to Werder Bremen. Remy Rio left the club by mutual consent. Jeffinho, it's gone. That really didn't work at all. Um, back to Botafogo on loan. Uh, Saar and Moreira also heading back. Um, but as the ring comings, yeah, Fafana, Gift Orban, who's quite highly thought of from, from Ghent, in fact, Fafana and Orban are both from Ghent. Aurel, 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 there we go. Malanga, I can't say it. Aurel Mangala got there in the end from Nottingham Forest for a decent chunk of money as well. Um, central midfielder. Said Ben Rama went beyond the deadline, but eventually that was ratified by UEFA. So he's come in from West Ham. That on paper looks to be good business. Um, Adrielson, the centre back from Botafogo. Lucas Perry uh, from the same club, who's a goalkeeper, replacing Ryu, basically, and uh, Nemanja Matic. So, yeah, a fair amount of arrivals for Leon and uh, quite a good shake-up in this transfer window. Almost uh, like they don't have any financial problems. Amazing that, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah, mm. it's, it's amazing what, what can be done when you've got quite a lot of money and you can get around things. Anyway, moving swiftly on. That um, said, this is this is Leon. You know, it's not that long ago that they were Champions League semi-finalists yeah, and they were, exactly. they were bringing in established stars. And, exactly. you know, who's heard of any of those players, really? Yeah, yeah, fair point. I think Orban's probably the only one that has a bit of a, a reputation of being an up You're you're thinking of the Hungarian president. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly where I was. The the, the centre back from uh, Leipzig, yeah. Um anyway, uh let me ask I'll stick with you for a second, Jez. Did you did you enjoy the, the quotes from uh, Rino Gattuso after this from a Marseille perspective? Uh if I am the problem, tell me. I quite enjoyed that one. Um <laughs> There is a problem, isn't there, at Marseille? They they just have not found gears since the uh, resumption after after the break. Um, is he under pressure, even at this stage, do you think? I mean, it sounds crazy because all Marseille coaches are under pressure after one result, let alone three or four. But they didn't look good last night. Falling out with Jonathan Klaus, who ended up staying. A couple of other players rumored to be slightly un- unhappy with their game time. They shipped Bettina off to Portugal. All is not really well there, and it, it does sort of strike you as a bit of here we go again, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean it's all actually very similar to Lyon. It just happens they had their you know Marseille had a, a more positive first half for the season. It looked like, and it looks looks like it might be set to be the opposite now. And 
Gattuso is under pressure because, as you said, everyone at Marseille is always under pressure and the coach is always the full guy. But again, I, you know, I don't know to what extent all the Klaus stuff was, was Gattuso or the club generally, but, you know, when you're, when you're publicly trying to offload and kind of publicly criticizing arguably your one most creative player, um, then that's, that's not a good sign. Um, They've been a little bit unlucky, maybe, with with some of their transfers. Like, you know, Unahi had such a good World Cup. Ismail Assar is obviously supposed to be a very, uh, you know, quality player. I don't know what's going on there, but he's a shadow of his, of his former self. So, you know, maybe you could put some of that on the club that they're not putting them in the best sort of situation to shine. But... um more generally again as we said before it's not it's not a vintage marseille squad again that the most of the players they've brought in are, are not the kind of stellar names that that you'd want them that you'd be expecting them to bring in i think you know merlin will prove to be a good signing but he's not a match winner and he's and he's still young and raw yeah. um so i think he's doing as as well as he can with what he's got i, I mean i i would I genuinely think sort of over the first half of the season, Marseille probably overachieved under Gattuso. And remember, this is not his, not that it's not his team, but he didn't have the pre-season with them either. True. So, uh, yeah, I, th I think he's not being sort of done any favours by some of his more experienced players. Obviously, Aubameyang spring to mind there. Um, mm. from, from what I've seen of them, including live the two brighter matches i think as i've said before if you're relying on veritude to be your main sort of creative outlet as well as your sort of rugged ball winner in midfield then you're probably not onto a good thing um i think they really miss franchier yeah um so i just yeah i feel like certainly from 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 my viewpoint, it seems like not much of this is really Gattuso's fault and he's doing what he can with what he's got. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I always feel with Marseille, it's probably like the most obvious thing to say ever for, for anyone, but I always just feel with them that if if they get the right, if they got the right coach with the right players, there's a lot of rights that need to fall into place here, but that club is just, it's just, it's ready to explode, isn't it? If somebody gets it right, everything well, is there. I mean, not to sort of self-publicise, but when I interviewed Desai recently, he kind of said that everyone at the club needs to stop kidding themselves. It's mm. not 1990, even yeah. though they're one of the bigger French clubs. On the European scene, they they can only feed off the scraps that are left by, you know, frankly, probably championship teams, let alone yeah. Premier League relegation candidates, um, without, you know, then going on to... Spain, Italy, Germany, they're not shopping in those kinds of markets, the kind of markets that Marseille fans think their club should be shopping in. And obviously, you know, then in within France, even, you know, PSG, Monaco, they can't afford to compete, I don't think, with them either. So it it really depends what what their sort of targets are. I yeah, I mean, in terms of exploding, if you mean exploding into a genuine title contender, no, I don't think so. Mm. Um, but if that's what the fans consider is the sort of bare minimum, then I just I just think anyone that goes there is onto a bit of a hiding to nothing. With, you know, someone like a Villas-Boas or a, or a Sampaoli or whatever, um, Bielsa can have a really good season or two and make that difference by good coaching. Mm. But it, they can't maintain it, and and you know Sam Pauli wanted to sort of push on and bring in bigger names. I think he was a bit unfair and unrealistic. The club were never going to be able to do that, and it was probably just him using that as an excuse to get out. But it's also again that speaks to the pressure that the coaches are under there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you made some excellent points there, and as you say, in terms of the, the current squad, it is a lot of mid middle range players rather than top top quality. Um, for sure, but yeah, not not a good weekend if you are a Marseille fan. Um, I feel like we should probably throw Toulouse into this mix because they got a really good win uh, away from home 
against Ramos by three oh. goals to two. Chaos. Nobody saw this. Well, I certainly didn't see this coming. Absolute chaos. I mean, they were 3 0 up at half time. Yeah. Which I don't think uh, anyone would have bet on. And then Ramos just. That's put in yeah. a great show in the second half, but just couldn't quite get there. So, yes, that was uh, a wowser match as opposed to Brest v Nice, which I thought was going to be the only weekend, but seriously wasn't. It was it was a classic Nice performance, wasn't it? Don't concede, keep it tight. <laughs> it was just nil-nil Brest were uh, were fighting all the way to the end to try and get that goal, but it just wasn't coming. And yeah, that that left those two clubs in in the same position, second and third in the table. So you feel like both would be happy, but yeah, that that result for Toulouse was just it just pulls them that little bit further up the table. Um, but as Jess mentioned earlier on, even with that result, they are still only four points above that relegation playoff space. Um, Lava just above it as well, for uh, twenty four points from their games. Decent result that away at Monaco, Jazz one one. Um, I they're one of those clubs, love. That I I sort of quite like watching. Do you get the same vibe when you watch them? Like they're just they're quite fun to me, and it's obviously a, a classic name of French football. But when they were behind in this game, I didn't really see them getting anything out of it. But they equalised quickly and managed to hold on for a, a really creditable away draw. Yeah, I think they're a really decent team that that do play entertaining football. Um, I don't want to sort of take away from them, but Monaco are just not good enough at the moment. And probably Love's goal, you know, any two minutes after Monaco's opener, horrific defending, lack of communication between the, the goalkeeper and defence, mm. maybe sums Monaco up right now. And and they're, yeah, just as they're hugely underachieving, Love, are, I think, doing a great job. And, and yeah, they're the next ones up, but there is that little bit of a gap and probably four points at this stage. Um mm in mid-table, but obviously a lot more eight points or whatever from the relegation zone is, is probably at this stage more than enough. Yeah, yeah, it should be, should be. And um, the one game that we're missing out of that uh, or of the weekend's action was PSG, uh, who who did what PSG do, basically. Uh, they were well, away to Strasbourg and started well and then just stopped playing and wondered why they were still hanging on for dear life at the end. I, I just... Okay, lads... Does it feel like this fixture happens more than twice a season? <laughs> yeah, it is one of those it games. It just yeah. feels like PSG Strasbourg, Strasbourg PSG, however you want to put it, it feels like it happens a lot. Yeah, it's the, the new PSG Chelsea, ironically. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah, it's, right. it's weird because, yes, it wasn't all plain sailing for PSG even in the first half where they got goal and just after half time it just feels so familiar I don't quite know what to do with it if it's yep. If you see what I mean, but Strasbourg were good. Mm. Yeah, this, yeah, I thought they were this was not a kind of a routine win. You might look at it and think, "Oh yeah, PSG, Definitely it wasn't. wasn't. It no. was. It was a two-one that could have been two-one the other way. That could have been whatever. That yeah, they don't look. Very convincing. No. And going into obviously after the Coupe de France game and the next league on game, uh playing Real Sociedad. So what's gonna happen? For what it's worth as well. I think mm -hmm. there's a bit of a funk around Strasbourg at the moment as well. I think um yeah, cool. the the fans are not happy about how they're being run as as Chelsea's plaything. I think selling Matt Sells, the goalkeeper, who's a very, yeah. very good yes. player, 
on the last day the window is not a positive sign although to be fair i felt a bit sorry for is it belarus the the goalkeeper yeah yeah amazing start saves a penalty three minutes in whatever it is against against mbappe and then unfortunately the the opening goal was was his fault yeah yeah, I, I must admit my heart sort of kind of fell a bit for him. And they brought I think they brought in um uh, some Asian keeper as well, haven't they? Um is it Drea? I think it's Drea. I think I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that they brought him in. Um, because there was quite a lot of very unhappy Strasbourg fans on on Instagram that I noticed that were in the comments saying, Why have we sold Matt Sales? Yeah, it was Matteo Drea who's come in. Um, why have we sold Sales and brought in Drea? It makes no sense. So yeah, an interesting one. Um does anybody want to give any uh, time to the Mbappe discussion this week, or do we want to leave that for a, a very rainy summer nice. day? Yeah, it, it, it seems. Whatever seems the, the rumors are, it's going to happen. I think for his sake, it has to happen now that he moves. Yeah, I, I just think I think he's gradually becoming a more and more of a laughing stock just by not making that decision. It's and parody, isn't it? Frankly, he's he's not going to win the Champions League at PSG. No, no, no. I, I would be you can, surprised. You can save this for when they win it. <laughs> Just play it back to you. you. But you're right. You're right. And and I've I've never I've always defended. Sorry, mini rant here. I've always defended them and Liga when people say, "Well, they don't play in a good enough league, so they can't compete in Europe." I've always thought it's rubbish. But but they're not helping my argument here because. The, the more and more they just turn up and think that they're just going to roll over teams like Brest last week when they obviously drew like Strasbourg where they could easily drop points they're, they're playing in in second gear and it, and it's not it's not going to be good enough and a, a club like Sociedad they will get chances and they will put them out if they get the opportunity this is their big opportunity to 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 make a name for themselves in in Spain and going to San Sebastian is not an easy an easy place to to go um and I, I just think with PSG, there's just there's so much talent there. There really is. But when you take Mbappe out of that, well, I, I feel like there is. I really do feel like there is. But don't get me wrong. There's a lot of players in that squad that are hangers on. But I, I think there's also a lot of players in that squad that are currently not in the best form, but are still very good players. And I, I just feel that when you take Mbappe out of that in the summer, which looks like it is likely to happen, They've got a huge job on, and I'm not sure Marcus Rashford is the answer. By the way, um, I just think again, like again, if you, how many of those teams would get into any of the other teams of any of the other genuine Champions League contenders? I mean, that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah, that is a fair point. And I know that's not everything. You know, last year you could say, well, the front three would walk into any of the teams, and they're still not going to win anything. Hmm. So you need the balance across the squads or across the team. But yeah. Mbappe, Zaya, Emery, maybe Asensio, Donnarumma, Marquinhos on a very good day, but mm, clutching at straws a bit. Mm. No. I, I, when, I say, when I say get into it, I mean other squads. I wouldn't say first teams, but there's a few. Oh, oh boy. Um, <laughs> harsh, Jess, harsh. Um, I take Fabian Ruiz, by the way. I still like him. I know he's not in great form, but I still like him a lot as a player. But that's just me. Uh, right, let's go to Phil now um, with a little bit of Women's Champions League and we've got Coupe de France in midweek and then I'll finish up with some transfers for you all before we look at the weekend's fixtures. So Phil, over to you. Yes, so we had the Women's Champions League uh, final games of group stage. So PSG top their group having uh, drawn 2-2 away at Bayern. Uh, their top over Ajax on goal difference. Lyon obviously topped their group um, after drawing 2-2 with Slavia Prague, who equalised in the 91st minute with the known goal, but seriously, OL's goal difference is plus 20. That's after six group games. Uh, so they both go through. Um, RFC ends up third uh, after being hammered 4-0 at home by Chelsea. Uh, so they're not going to go forward anymore. But seriously, uh, 
that was an odd group because Chelsea won it 14 points. Hacken from Sweden uh, was second. They have an A. Hergeberg, not that one. Not the uh, And Paris FC were third on seven. And Real Madrid got one point. So that was kind of weird. But yes, so we got PSG and OL as ever going through. And then this week, uh, halfway through, we got Wednesday and Thursday in the Coupe de France. And we do still have, in the last 16, we do have six teams who were outside uh, Liga. You yep. are couple of league teams, but uh, the lowest one is Le Puy. Yep. No, San Priest. Oh, yes, you're right. Yeah. N3, who yeah. were playing Valenciennes. Um, National de Le Puy were playing Laval from Ligue 2. Uh, National Rouen were playing Monaco and National Social who have Screwed up a lot of um, bets so far. I think we'll be playing Ren. So we do have a lot of um, lower league teams in there. We are going to have some lower league teams going into the next round. Yeah, I'd keep my eye on Socia because mm. they have. Your guys, Lorient, Rouse, and now they're playing Ren. Yeah. Excuse me. That's true. So I think that's uh, that's going to be a very interesting midweek for all of those teams. Yeah, absolutely. Just um, really quickly, actually, on the Women's Champions League side, is it is it um. Would you say Chelsea and I'm assuming Wolfsburg are the two that are the biggest competitors to Lyon? Who I, I you know, you always assume they're favourites. That's probably wrong of me to do so, but are they the two biggest yeah, challenges? I haven't checked who else is through. Are Barcelona through? Barcelona, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barcelona as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I yeah. think that's the semi-final teams, depending on how the uh, uh, how the uh, draws work out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's worth keeping an eye on that. Yeah, interesting. Okay, good stuff. Um, right, I'm not going to go over every transfer because we'd be here all night, but I'm just going to pick out a couple of notable transfers that happened in the window that has just closed. Um, Hugo Akitike is finally free. He's left PSG. He went back to, well, I say back to, he's gone to Germany um, to be united with Bahoa, uh, who joined from Angers. Um, and I think there's another Frenchman that, oh no, of course it was Colomwani who of course went the other way, didn't he, in the summer. But yeah, Hugo Ecotico has left PSG. Um, Cher Dor, who they got in the summer, also went on loan to Braga. Um, Lens brought in uh, Chavez from Bahia in, in Brazil, which I hadn't heard of, I must admit. Um, rather surprisingly, Oscar Cortes departed, though he went to Rangers. So that's the thing. Um, Marseille, we mentioned Quentin Nerlands come in. We mentioned in last week's pod, John Anana is also in the door. They also brought in Garcia, the left back from uh, Young Boys. Luis Enrique is back after being on loan seemingly forever in, in uh, Brazil. And uh, Faris Muambanga, um, who's a centre forward, come in from Bodo Glint as well. Renan Lodi. Uh, departed the club as expected. He went to Al Hilal. We mentioned Bettina. Ruslan Malinovsky also permanent deal now to Genoa. So he's gone. Monaco uh, brought in uh, Kazum Oatara from Amian, which is an interesting one. He's a left back, as well as Tilikera, of course, that we mentioned previously. Um, Elliot Matazzo, rather, I'm quite surprised by this one. He's gone on loan to Antwerp, probably just to get some game time. And Myron Boadu, that one just really hasn't worked, has it? He's gone back on loan to Twente. For the rest of the season. Uh, Matsima also going to Clermont. Ren, uh, noticeable business for there. Probably Jeremy Jacquet, uh, he's been promoted from their youth team. That was that was kind of what caught my eye because I've heard a lot of good things about him. So he's 
got the step up, but no major incomings from them. Um, I think he went on loan immediately to Clermont, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So uh, good luck to him for the rest of the season. They did sell Laurie's Assignon to Burnley, who obviously have got a fetish for French players. Midfielder from Reims as well. Uh, yes, they did. Um, Matusiwa. Yeah, which is a good good bit of business, I think, that 25-year-old. 10 million euros. So it's a good uh, good fee as well for him. So, you know, good bit of business that. Um, as I say, asignon has gone to Burnley. And Lille, uh, a couple of unknown players there, really. Nothing to see here. Illich, there's quite good things talked about him. He's the centre-forward of Slovakia, I think he is, from Balaranga. He's come in. Thiago Jallo completed his move to Juventus. I think we all knew that was going to happen. Mentioned Leon's business already. Uh, Claremont I've just covered there as well. They did bring in uh, Virginius from Lille from, on loan for the rest of the season. Uh, nice, we mentioned uh, Mohamed Ali Cho signed a couple of weeks ago now. That was a done deal. Um, they also brought in Valentin Rossier from Besiktas, the uh, right-back um, French player. So he's come in as well. In terms of their outgoings, um, just looking down the list here, probably um, Buonani is the big one because he's gone to Lorient, which I'm delighted about. It is only a loan deal with a one million fee, but that will get him some uh, some game time. So good for him. Um, speaking of Lorient, we mentioned Bamber and Katsuras, mentioned Buonani, mentioned Imran Loser as well, and Nathaniel Ajay also coming in during the window. Rather surprisingly, Vincent Legoff announcing his retirement last week at the age of 34. Uh, so he has obviously left the club by mutual consent. Um, Adrian Gerbic has gone on his 400th loan deal off as well back to Switzerland and Roman Fev was uh, recalled by Bournemouth um, after his loan spell which is pretty annoying Benjamin Stambouli is also back as one for you Phil um, oh, yeah, oh he's, what? yeah he's uh, he's joined Ram- he's joined Rams he, um, he got oh. an assist actually um, yesterday if I'm not mistaken so uh, yeah he's back from Turkey on a free transfer to the end of the season so um, decent bit of business there and they also picked up I, a left back. I did one thing I noticed in Nantes was when uh who was it who went off very early? Uh Amia. Okay. And yeah, was yeah. replaced by Nicola Palma. I just yes. assumed that Nicola Palma had retired. Oh no, he's he's still going strong, he's in fact. Still there. Yeah, he um and, and he got he got his customary booking in that game as well. So good yeah, to see. Yeah, um, Sergio Akiemi is also coming left back from Almeria, who's also joined Rams uh, this summer. Um, and just glancing down, any other transfers? Jan Caramos joined Montpellier. That's one for you, Phil. Um, mm-hmm. Coming in from Torino. Um, we mentioned Estev leaving. Um, not much business for Toulouse. I'm pretty sure they were the major the major deals. I don't think there's anything else really to bring up here. Just looking through, Anon, we mentioned uh, Nicola, Nico Coza is back in France as well. He's come back from yes. Wolfsburg. He's joined Nantes. So, um, it's like Nantes after Molay, they're somehow just picking up all gingers who used to play for Montpellier. Yeah, good, good little player as well, I think, Coza. Yeah, um, I'm uh, fine, but... Yeah, decent, decent bit of business um, for them. But uh, yeah, that's the major signings and outgoings, I should say. Um, and um, yeah, there we go. That's that. Right. Before we leave, let's have a look at the uh, fixtures upcoming for next week. Um, I would imagine Jez will be hiding behind the uh, the sofa on Friday night as Marseille take on Mets at the Velodrome. That's an 8pm kickoff. Uh, Lons against Strasbourg, that might be worth a watch. It's a 4pm game on the Saturday, followed by PSG Lille in the evening. That one's always worth tuning in for. And then on the Sunday, the midday kickoff is Lav against Rennes, which might be a bit of fun. Toulouse against Nantes, suddenly that's quite a big fixture in, the, in one of the two o'clock games, as is Lorient against Rams, as is Clermont against Brest. And then that big game between Montpellier and Lyon, that's probably one to tune in for at 4.05pm in the UK time. And the final game of the weekend is Nice against Monaco. Um, certainly the derby, the, the derby, South Coast the derby of the money and the pretty places. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that will um, certainly be uh, all eyes on on Monaco. And will Nice actually score a goal or not, uh, or will it just be one nil? Um, yeah, I will be watching, but I'm not expecting too much. We shall see. 
Uh, right. I think that will do us for this week. Um, but um, good to have you back, Phil. Thank you very much for joining us and um, look Thank after you. that cough. <laughs> and we'll uh, attempt to be less coffee next week. No worries. No worries at all. And uh, Jez, um, revel in the uh, the Brighton victory and maybe just try and forget Mets until Friday. I think that's the best thing to do for this week for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um... If John Texter could complete some kind of double and get Palace and maybe Leon just to help mess out, <laughs> go down, then that would be useful. You're not asking for much, are you? Good stuff. Right. I'll uh, take we... Palace. You'll take Palace. <laughs> okay. We'll, uh, we'll be back this time next week, um, all being well, um, as is usually the case. Uh, keep an eye on the schedules. If we do have to switch days, we will do our best to let you know. But until next week, uh, whether you are following the Coupe de France, Women's Champions League or Liga, whomever you follow, enjoy your French football and we will speak to you very soon. <laughs>